It is Thursday. It is the day. The day has finally come, Fez. The NFL kicks off tonight. Dallas, Tampa. What are we up to? Eight and a half still? Or we did, have we touched nine yet? Eight and a half. Not that it matters much. I wonder. If, a lot of nines out there. I think it's mostly nine at this point. Do you think that, and this is, uh, uh, RJ would probably know better than you, maybe, the dastardly, the guy who talk, talks about the dastardly bookies. Do you think eventually we're going to see game like where books just stop giving out eights and eight and a half for teaser reasons and just make it go straight to nine yeah teaser protection makes complete sense you should never as a bookmaker in my opinion deal a game minus eight minus 110 in each direction if i was the dastardly bookmaker i would deal all those games minus nine plus 105 Plus nine, lay a dollar twenty-five. Those are called teaser protection lines, and they make good sense because why give the betters a favorable bet against you? And for the most part, if you have good teaser odds, taking an eight-point favorite down to two as a teaser leg is indeed an advantage play, provided you're only paying minus one twenty or less on that teaser. And I know books are they're charging more and more for teasers now than they used to, but it, I mean until. It's priced out. It's still an inv- it's an advantage play. If you play, you know the the proper teasers, it can still be a profitable thing. Yeah, freeze it. Minus one twenty is the sticking point, in my opinion, on teasers. As soon as books charge you more than minus one twenty on six point NFL teasers, you can no longer beat them for the most part. So that really is the point that the advantage players would stop playing in them and the database would agree with that. All right, let's uh first let's let's get into tonight's game. Uh the Cowboys and the Bucks. Uh you have a prop play for this game. Yes, Zeke Elliott, I am going under 54 rush yards. Now, if you look at Zeke's year average that the books have put up, they're expecting him to run for 1,100 yards. That's about 65 per game. So what am I doing going under 54 when the bookmakers are aware that this is a tough matchup and they've lowered his number? Well, they haven't lowered it enough. If you look at that Tampa Bay rush defense, it's awesome. Last year, held opponents to the lowest rush yards on average per game, 82. That's about 30% less than NFL average. So if I took that 65 number that we expect on average for Zeke and lopped off 30%, now all of a sudden I'm down around 50. Already, this looks to be a pretty good wager under 54. But wait, there's more. The Dallas O-line is dealing with cluster issues right now, and that should really compromise their ability to run the ball That helps her bet as well if Dallas is unable to have successful runs. And further, the way I expect the game to play out, there's an excellent chance that Tampa Bay will have a substantial lead in the second half. They're an eight-and-a-half-point favorite, after all. If that transpires, I expect very few runs to Zeke in the second half, and that will compromise his ability to rack up yards as well. Add it all up, Zeke Elliott under 54 rush yards. McKenzie, you said you had something on Zeke tonight as well, huh? Yeah, I like his over in receiving yards. Repeat handicap, ditto, offensive line I expect to struggle. And how how to counteract that? I think uh, McCarthy and the boys will think quick passes to their probably most athletic skill position player. Okay, now the, the lines have gotten to the point where, I, and honestly, it feels to me that game feels like either Tampa or pass. 
which I don't want to I don't want to play Tampa now that the number's gotten where it's gotten to. I can't in good conscience play Dallas. Uh, I mean, really, at any number that's not 10. And I, in good conscience, can't play Tampa because I had all summer to lay six. Exactly. Six and a half, seven, seven and a half, eight. So it sounds like props are the the way that most sharp people are going to be attacking this game tonight if they didn't get in already. Yes, or they can certainly play the teaser because when you're capturing that three through seven corridor, it's so valuable that I have no problem at all with the Tampa teaser, even at the current number. In fact, I like it. And there's, you know, there's several good tease options. If you like the uh, the Colts, teasing the Colts up uh, is, is a good one. You could tease them through three and seven. You I'm going to disagree. Okay. And here's why. The Colts line against Seattle is not two and a half. I would say it's 2.75. It's been going back and forth okay. between two and a half and three. If I'm going to tease through three and seven. You want a full. I want a full Monty on the three where I'm getting, I'm not starting at 2.7 or 2.8. I want to start at two or two and a half. And so because of that, the three that really fall into the bucket of advantage teasers, the Rams would probably be my favorite. Minus seven and a half down to minus, yeah, minus seven and a half down to minus one and a half. The 49ers, minus 7.5, down to minus 1.5. Don't like that quite as much. The road favorite's a little less dependable historically to cover that teaser. Or certainly the Washington football team, if you have plus 1, tease Washington up. Now, if you do play the Washington teaser, you got to get Washington up to plus 7.5. So you have to play a 6.5-point teaser if that's the case. Can't be teasing a team up to plus 7. Need the 7.5. Is there value in teasing down to, like, from, for instance, the Chiefs, who are 6 right now? teasing them down to a pick them. No, and here's why. Essentially, whenever you're playing a teaser, you're playing a two-team alternative spread parlay where you're laying, if you're laying minus 120, that's like laying minus 280 on each one of the legs individually. Well, if you like Kansas City to win, just play the money line. You shop around, you should be able to get a minus 260. So you get a cheaper price playing the money line on Kansas City than putting them in the first leg of a teaser. So basic strategy, six-point favorite, never tease them. If you like them to win, just play the money line. There you go. Uh, All right, let's talk about some season win totals. We've talked about season win totals a lot on this pod over the last four or five weeks. But it's always moving. It's a it's a it's an alive creature. This market. Tell us what you've got uh, most recent on. So big picture, and we've spoken about this before. I like unders when I'm playing season wins. I'm looking to selectively play unders. And I have one specific one that I'm going to give out. The reason I like unders is that everyone else, the public, they love to bet overs. People like to bet on their teams. It's week one. Everyone is flowing with optimism about how their team is going to compete and do well. And we see that in the marketplace. The average total, 17 games, for an NFL team should be 8.5, right? It's not. It's 8.6. So it's, it, it's the VIG adjusted basically is minus 120 to the over on average, even money on the under. That's how I get to the 8.6. But there's more. You teams can tie in the NFL. We saw Philly and since he tie last year, in fact, we've averaged one tie per year the last four years. So I can make the case that the actual average should be below eight and a half and more like 8.45. That sounds trivial, 8.45 average versus an 8.6. But when you look at the VIG, that's 15 extra cents of VIG tacked onto the over and taken off the under. If you shopped every team and played them all under, you would actually eke out a mathematical expected profit playing unders. And if you played all the overs, you would be very much up against it. 
Yeah, I've I've noticed as well when we were looking at the the totals. I was just a lot more drawn to the unders this year than I have been in the past. And I don't know if I don't know how the the average Joe who shows up in Vegas, you know, the week before the NFL starts and plays these. I don't know how they're looking at that 17th game. I mean, obviously, the books are smart enough. They've factored that into to whatever number they're going to put up. But I do feel like there's something like, oh, well, they, they got an extra game to do that. That'll be easy for them to get there. You know, I, yeah, we're I hear, like, we're hearing that a lot, especially well, the Bears won eight games last year, and now they get an extra game yeah. that they can they can win nine now. Yes. Well, what's your uh, what's your favorite one? L.A. Chargers under nine and a half wins have to pay a little extra vig around minus one thirty. I love this under. Number one reason, home field advantage. Return of the fans. That's good news for almost every city and team, except for the L.A. Chargers, because they have no fans, <laughs> very few, in L.A. L.A. is really, I would say, a Raider town and somewhat of a Rams town and a Lakers town, but certainly not a Chargers town. So Maybe a Trojans town before you get to the Chargers. Oh, no question. And now Bruins as well as they're playing. So because of that, the games at home, the Chargers are better off, I would say, with no fans in the stands than having all of their um, the opponent's fans descend upon their stadium and take it over. So that's a negative allowing fans in the stands at home. And obviously it's also a negative having to go to hostile environments on the road. And I think it, when they do play with the hostile crowd noise, I think this team is certainly vulnerable to that really impacting the results. Herbert, second year quarterback, brand new juggled O-line, four new starters. I think that that extra crowd noise is going to wreak havoc with this Los Angeles Chargers offense as well. I think Herbert takes a step back partially because of that. Add it all up. Chargers under nine and a half wins, minus 130, best bet. A lot of people aren't talking about it, and we talked about it briefly on the pod yesterday, the the mega pod that you guys probably have in your feed right now. And maybe you look at it and say, oh, Three three plus hours. I can't can't commit to that. Okay, but somewhere in there, we talk about the Chargers, and it's going to take them a while to get some continuity going. And no one's really talking about the fact that Justin Herbert in year two is having to learn a totally new playbook. Uh, you know, and Tua in the same boat. Like this is that's a big deal. You know, it, you if you have a successful rookie year, you want you'd like to think, oh, that guy's just going to mm-hmm. keep building on it. These are young quarterbacks now being asked to basically forget everything you learned and learn this new offense. It, that That's tough on a young guy. And there are no easy wins in division. Raiders are just a little bit below average team. The Broncos are actually forecast to be an above average team. And, of course, we have the Chiefs in division as well. I tell you, you look at the schedule – Chargers, if they went 10 and 7, they would be so exceeding expectations. That's realistically the only number that beats me here. I think the Chargers are going to go 8 and 9. Well, the my favorite one, the Chargers were my second favorite total that we we settled on this preseason. My my favorite was Jacksonville under and 6 and a half is what we played it at. What's it at? What's it at now? What's the market at now on Jacksonville? Similar story, we gave it out under 6 and a half, 6.3 now. Actually, yeah. 6.2, sorry, even lower. Yeah, oh. and 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 some locations Jacksonville has fallen their season win number all the way down to six yeah and what's really interesting about this is that the Jacksonville Houston week one number 
we've seen that spread stay rock solid on three. It's not moving despite all this money coming in against Jacksonville for their season win. Well, what's going on? Well, all that money is also additional money is coming in against Houston as their season win number is now south of four. It's under four with extra vig. So the betters hate the bad teams in that division betting against Jacksonville and Houston. All right, that's a little bit of a bonus pod, bonus dream preview. Uh, Steve Fezzik coming in, coming in on his – listen, it's it's a holiday. There are Steve. no day offs. It's a holiday for It's you. Christmas. It's opening day. <laughs> it just means uh, – just means more work. Uh, you know what? I'm humbled that I get paid to be able to do this, to just watch and bet on sports and uh, – Opening day is always a special day. Life ain't bad. Steve Fezzik, thank you. Thank you to the audience. Thanks, McKenzie. We will talk to you guys next time.